1: Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.
2: Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, start it off right with the high performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Thanks for listening to the H.E.R.D. Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 12 to 3 Eastern, 9 to noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and FS1. Find your local station for the H.E.R.D. at FoxSportsRadio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching H.E.R.D. Now
1: let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio
2: here we go it is a Monday live in Los Angeles it is the herd wherever you may be and however you may be watching thanks for making us part of your day one hour from now where Colin was right where Colin was wrong J-Mac all things are good with the world I respect (laughs) Sacramento but I think Golden State's better for basketball and our business to win Because I think Lakers, Warriors is going to be, I don't think it's going to be an all-time series. I think Golden State's a better team. But I think it's going to be a lot of drama. Um, The draft was amazing. Great sports
3: weekend. It really was. Tremendous. Tremendous. I can't believe we get Curry-LeBron part five, I think this is. Feels like a finals matchup, doesn't 50
2: it? 50 points in a Game seven, thirty by the way, in the second half. Steph scored or assisted on 66 points. <laughs> <laughs> and that's like a dominant high school player does. What a
3: legend. Yeah, oh so
2: goodness. after last year's finals MVP by Steph, and after yesterday's 50-point game, it's time to have an adult conversation. You are looking at not Magic Johnson, Steph Curry is the greatest point guard ever. It takes a few of these moments Steph and Magic, neither were great defenders. But at 35, Steph has a long way to go. And Magic really retired at 31. The three-point shot is here and for the next 100 years of basketball. And I'm going to take that over Magic Johnson's innumerable assists. The game has changed. We used to think that cassettes in cars, you could listen to to music on the move, and then they'd eventually unravel, right? Like they had a soft spot. It was the tape, actually. Now there's Wi-Fi, streaming, Bluetooth, there's satellite. The world changes. Steph has evolved and changed the game. He used to give you those, you know, every third or fourth game, he'd give you a little bit of a playoff clunker. You don't really get those now. He'll give you the legendary speech before the green that Draymond talked about that. You didn't get those before. He's always been selfless over selfish. But Golden State has holes in this roster, and he fills all of them. It is very much Jordan with the heatles. He fills the holes. Part of being great is the ability to reduce other star players to... Insignificant. Michael Jordan used to do that. You'd watch him against Clyde Drexler, and it was like Drexler was just a guy. That's what Steph Curry did in the last couple of fourth quarters in Sacramento against De'Aaron Fox. De'Aaron Fox was insignificant. Steph was that good. The passage of time, and we may not know it in the moment, but the passage of time changes the way we look at even great athletes. A Joan Namath or a Brett Favre viewed as gunslingers. That feels outdated. They made too many bad throws, too many mistakes, harder to coach, did things their own way. Too many Bradys and Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers have made the quarterback position much more about greatness, coupled with tremendous efficiency. Favre every decade is going to feel more and more like a relic. Magic Johnson was six eight and handled the ball. We'd never seen that, but now seven-footers handle the ball. That doesn't feel as historically relevant or jarring. This is a shooter's game, and it will be for the rest of time, and Steph is aging beautifully. Whether it's a decoy, his movement, his skills, his ball handling, I'm going to take those points over Magic's assists. Magic was never a great shooter, neither is a great defender, but Curry at 35 looks like he's got four to five years left to dominate playoff series. And, you know, it's, it's, we've said this before. Russell Westbrook, when it became a shooters league over the course of four to five seasons, was a relic. He doesn't even feel like a good basketball player every other game. Steph Curry's tempo and pace and movement and skill and ball handling and shooting is one of one. And it takes a few of these 50 point game sevens and Finals MVP to win arguments for the basketball fans, purists, or the masses. But I thought yesterday was a clincher. We are looking at the greatest point guard ever. He can beat you so many ways. Sacramento, one of the loudest arenas in the league, he silenced it. In back-to-back games in Sacramento, in the fourth quarter, he silenced that crowd. Here's Steve Kerr.
1: We all take him for granted because he's brilliant night after night and we've been watching this for 10 years. And we just, you know, you just have to <clears throat> remind yourself every once in a while, big picture. And this is one of the great players in the history of the game. Um, but that's how I felt, um, you know, back when I, in my playing days, you know, with uh, Michael Jordan, you just, you'd see it night after night. So you just took it for granted.
2: A remarkable performance. And I thought Clay Thompson, after the game, kind of summed it up. And you knew this with Jordan, but because Steph Curry has been so selfless in his career, come on, KD, come on over here and play. Hey, Clay you take the shot. And that's always been his game. But Clay Thompson talked about when Steph really gets into the zone, you just sort of get out of the way. There's a reason he's a two-time MVP, a Finals MVP, is because... He uh, pushes us over the top in moments like this, and when he's in the zone like that, you try to just get him in his spots, get him the ball, get out the way, and uh, gosh, what an incredible performance. This is a Game 7 I'll forever remember as the Steph Curry game. We've done 30-for-30s romanticizing Knicks and Pacers playoff games where they scored in the high 70s and low 80s. That's no longer the game. For the next 100 years on, this is a shooter's league. It's not about not liking magic. It's about loving Steph and how he fits the game of basketball for the last 10 years and on. That is the greatest point guard that has ever played the game for a variety of reasons. So the NFL draft, I, uh, I texted a, 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 a GM over the weekend about one of his six-round picks that I loved. <laughs> he gave me a he gave me a fist bump. He's like, "You're into this stuff?" Yes. There are millions of Americans that love the NFL draft, not just round 1, but the final pick by the Rams a defensive end in round 7. Um it's hard to give out grades for the draft because the draft means different things for different teams. The Niners got a lot of heat because they took a kicker in one of the earlier rounds. But the Niners don't need another running back or a linebacker. It's a Super Bowl roster. What they can't do is shank a PAT to lose in the NFC Championship. So a kicker for them means something. You saw Philadelphia take Jalen Carter, defensive lineman, maybe the best player in the draft with red flags. But they have their star quarterback and veterans on the O-line and D-line, and their culture is set. So they can take big swings like that. Not everybody can. Texans, Arizona Cardinals, they have new coaches. They're creating cultures. They just need a bunch of guys, so they're not going to take a chance on a Jalen Carter. In fact, Texans' first couple of picks, high-character guys, productive from big programs. Those picks make sense. I thought three teams, Seattle, the Steelers, and the Packers, are very good teams. Not the Eagles or Niners roster but very good teams, the Seahawks, the Packers, and the Steelers, that drafted three or four players each that could start and be highly productive. So I thought Seattle, Pittsburgh, and Green Bay had very good drafts. I didn't like the Cowboys draft, the Cleveland Browns draft, or the Detroit Lions draft for a variety of reasons. But again, it's hard to grade. My rule on Monday after the draft is take your free agent signings, people already in the league, there's some certainty there, and your top three picks. I don't know what a fifth, sixth, seventh-round guy is going to do. Fourth-round guys are considered initial backups who could start. So if you take free agent signings, guys already in the league that should be productive, and your top three picks, I would say the Houston Texans, if C.J. Stroud can play, found themselves seven to eight starters and productive players. That is a very good offseason. Not to mention they hired a young, hot coach. Defensive side of the football, maybe. But many think he's going to be a rising star very quickly. So the Houston Texans, who went and got five or six, I told you I liked their free agent moves. They weren't splashy. They were fundamental. Good tight end, starting guard, starting tight end, starting safety. I thought the Texans had a great free agency. They also got two of the top ten players in C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson. And if Stroud can play... My dark horse team to potentially double their wins this year will be the Houston Texans. I don't think they're great, but I don't think they'll be abysmal. I thought they went out and got Singletary, Robert Woods, Dalton Schultz, Shaq Mason, Jimmy Ward. Those are starters. Those are nice, productive NFL players. If their first four picks can play, I I at least know the first three, I think the Texans have seven to eight new starters, a really good young coach, in an incredibly wonky division where only Jacksonville, we're absolutely sure, has the quarterback for the future. So that, to me, is a really good offseason. Take the free agency, your first three picks. How the hell do I know what a fifth-round linebacker is going to do? Nobody does, and everybody hands out grades today. And Steelers, Packers, and Seahawks, good teams who added starters in the draft, multiple starters, I thought also did well. All right, J-Mac, I will say this. Uh, People, you know, you and I, I I think we root for bets, first of all, and we root for drama. But I do think there is something to be said about what's great about uh, chronicling sports or the history of sports significant matchups. And I do think LeBron aging and Steph aging. could potentially be one for the ages because LeBron will need to play great in every game. Steph will play at least really good in all the games. Mm. I don't think the Lakers match up terribly well with him. I do think the Warriors match up better with LeBron, though they don't match up with AD. Your gut feeling on that series.
3: Yeah, this kind of feels like the new Bird versus Magic. Remember Bird and Magic in the 80s? Except they're old. Well, they only met three times, Bird and Magic, in the finals. And now we're seeing LeBron and Curry meeting for a fifth time You say they're old, but Steph Curry's 35 years old, and he is having as good of a season as he's ever had. He just had 50 in Game 7. I'm with you, though. I don't think this is a great matchup for the Lakers. Remember, Memphis was down their starting center, their backup center, and Luke Kennard, their best shooter, didn't play in Game 6. Memphis attacked the basket, which the Lakers just swatted shots. Curry and company are going to just rain threes, and I don't know if they can defend the perimeter. It's a tough matchup for the Lakers. By the way, you going to any of the games? I'd like to go to one game. Okay. I'll oh, put I'll in call. I'll put in word. I'm, I'm making an effort to get to at least one.
1: Yeah. Uh, Can't be wait. Fun. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app.
0: There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
1: Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: When your child fights sleep, it can feel like a battle you'll never win. Imagine a bedtime routine you all look forward to, where you cuddle in and let the stress of the day melt away. Tune in tonight and bond over a story before drifting off to sleep. Make bedtime the sweetest part of your day. Sleep tight stories. Listen to sleep tight stories on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: So, um, I've I've always felt with Steph Curry, last year before the finals, I was hearing this parade, this chorus of people saying, Steph's got to prove himself. He's got to win a finals like he did before KD arrived. But be that as it may, for some people, they have struggled with to define uh, Steph's greatness. He's not the classic alpha, confrontational like Bird, Kobe, uh, Michael Jordan. He doesn't physically overwhelm you like a Giannis or a LeBron. But basketball is a game of skill, ball handling, shooting, passing. In the third quarter, he had a beautiful left-handed pass to Jordan Poole. It was so, just this, he made it look so easy as he's got guys coming at him left and right, slices between two guys, gets it to Poole. That's a top three or four pass I've seen this year. And it really was part of the avalanche that buried and started to bury the Kings. His game flows. Take John Morant, who's like a fireworks show, a 44-inch vertical. He has to be spectacular on every basket. Steph's game is inclusive, the way he uses screens. He beats traps. It's an orchestra. Everybody's a chess piece. He keeps everybody completely active. You don't know where he's going, when he's going. You have to be constantly aware. Steph keeps everybody for the Warriors and the defense on their toes. John Morant doesn't. You stare and watch him play, and they're all spectacular. Steph scores 22 of his points tonight, and they look pedestrian. It's just part of an extension of his arm. But the team constantly has to be ready for his movement, not just his wizardry and his skill and his greatness. You don't know what's coming out of the bag. Steph is off the floor. The Warriors' offense doesn't look the same. A player like John Morant's off the floor, and they're more efficient. For most people, it's hard to define greatness if you don't keep it simple. Simple people need simple answers. But Steph's game is layered. It's complex. It's not a sentence. It's a chapter. Movement, shooting, skill, passing, chess pieces. Here's all you need to know to simplify as easy as I can the greatness. When John Morant was off the floor, the Grizzlies were more efficient. With the Kings... Steph on the floor, Warriors plus 58. Steph off the floor, Warriors minus 43. An over 100-point swing. This is Steve Kerr as a coach, the best rebounder in the game, the best defender in the game, maybe the best spot-up shooter in the game, a former number one pick, Andrew Wiggins. They don't even look the same or play the same. Forget winning and efficiency. They go into the tank. They don't even look the same without Steph Curry. Here he was after.
1: We had a great talk yesterday and a great film session and you know there's still nerves and anxiety, anxiousness and you know anticipating a big a big night but when we get out there our experience took over and felt pretty comfortable from from the jump so it was a uh, it was a great experience. Who can stop Steph Curry? Hopefully we'll never find out.
2: Yeah, it it is. When you get into these sports debates all time, there are a series of games that really matter. When we argue about Brady and Mahomes years later, we will look at the Super Bowl where Tom won when he was in Tampa. We'll look at that AFC matchup where it went to overtime. Tom gets the coin flip and wins. That's the stuff you debate about. But 50 points at 35 years old in Game 7 on the road silencing one of the league's loudest buildings, rendering De'Aaron Fox as rotational and insignificant. That's all-time stuff. I mean, all time on top of all-time stuff. Here's J-Mac with the news. No, 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 no. Turn on the news. This is the Herdline News. We probably could
3: dedicate an hour or two to Curry after that performance did you hear about the speech he made on Saturday in the film session like that's just the stuff of legends I mean Draymond Green we know is the heartbeat of that team he's the vocal leader he yells and gets on people Curry said I got this one Draymond and stood up in front of the team and made this speech about how listless they were in game 6 I was texting you what's going on with the Warriors because I couldn't watch the full game and, and Curry just took
2: over, and then he took over the game, and it, it, and yeah. it, it really is something. I mean, one of the great moments uh, of LeBron's career was you know going on the road, getting that block. Remember, Kyrie gets the shot. When you can do it on the road, you know Magic Johnson in Philadelphia yes. goes 42 points, I think, as center. It does add a layer to greatness when you can do this in the teeth of a road crowd. That building, Mike Breen said, he's like it's gone silent. It's gone quiet, no more cowbells, everybody stopped. And I think, I, I honestly think Sacramento fans, I mean, they fill that building and they've had some lean years. I do think there are moments when you're appreciating it. Sacramento, they're looking, cause the, the Kings and the Warriors are pretty close franchises. There's a lot of, you know, like Mike Brown's not the only person that connects the two. And I think Sacramento fans were sitting there watching and it's one of those, wow, I'm watching history. Like yeah. this is one of the greatest performances I'm sure Philadelphia fans didn't appreciate magic until later, but there are times when you're in a building, LeBron's block for them to beat the Warriors, and everybody in the building knows this ticket, I was here for the moment. Dr. J's swooping dunk That's over right, Mike. Yeah. Over Michael. I've only had a couple of those where I'm like, oh, wow, I'm watching history, yeah. and it was pretty special. Were you surprised Mike
3: Brown put Terrence Davis? Terrence Davis on Steph Curry in the most important
2: game of the season. Had barely guarded him in the series. And Davion Mitchell sat on the bench for most of it. Yeah, well, I was surprised Davion Mitchell because I thought Damian did a good job at least getting Steph a little out of his rhythm around Hounded the logo. Yeah. yeah, he kind of got him out of his dribbling rhythm. He kind of forced him to his left side instead of his more favorable right. Um, but I mean, I listen, Tibbs basically fed the ball to R.J. Barrett late in the game, and I'm like... Can we get Jalen Brunson the ball? Yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, these coaches, you get into these moments. I thought Spolstra and Steve Kerr, not just because they won in the chess match of playoff basketball, Spolstra and Kerr, I think, have separated from the league. I think they're just elite. Yeah. All right. The first story here. Let's talk about this gentleman
3: named Dylan Brooks. We haven't done a post-mortem on Memphis. They got blown out by 40 on Friday. And Dylan Brooks had quite a series, right? He called Le- called LeBron old after Game Two, said he wouldn't respect him until he gave him 40. You know, Memphis got their butts kicked in Game Six. Brooks was asked in his exit interview, met the media, if he regretted those comments.
5: No, um, you no, know, that's who I am. Um, you know, I don't regret. It. I'm a competitor. I compete. Um, you know, I don't think it got LeBron geeked up. You know, is he back in the playoffs? in a little while so I think you know um, you know he was ready to play um, and overall we just got beat better by, by a better team mm.
2: well you were a two seed or a mm. three seed how'd you get beat I, I I said this last week they're a bit of a fraud whereas Sacramento lost I think Sacramento is just missing another nice wing piece like a, a wing piece that can shoot maybe um and whereas Cleveland lost, I feel maybe they they need another piece. I never bought into Memphis. Uh, if Jaw's not, I mean, when they're better, sometimes when Jaw's off the floor, I always feel like they need another star, not another piece. And it's hard to accumulate stars in this league. Free uh, Memphis isn't a huge free agent destination, and I don't think everybody wants to play with Jaw. They question his maturity, and you know, the, again, the team's often better when Jaw's off the floor. I, I think this team is, again, we've said this, J-Mac, there are teams in basketball especially because of the length of a season. There are teams that are perfectly built. Cleveland's got depth and talent and youth for the regular season. I don't think Memphis is built for the postseason. They don't have enough guys that can get a basket. It's a lot of chatter. What about mentally? This is a team that talked a lot of trash, and then when they lost, they ducked
3: the media afterwards. Brutal. They're, that's cowardly. Now, here's the worst part about Dylan Brooks. He's a free agent this offseason. The GM came out yesterday and said the team had to deal with self-created distractions during the series. Who do you think he's talking about, Colin? Dylan Any Brooks. Brooks. Hmm, interesting. Uh, This is what the GM, Zach Kleiman, said. As we're looking forward and thinking about what comes next, those are all things that we're going to keep in mind from a competitive standpoint. A lot of people think Dylan Brooks is done in Memphis. They're, like, over the headache. Well, they don't need that crap. Get him out of here. What's the market like for a guy like this? It's Patrick Beverly-ish, right? Well,
2: here's the thing. When people compare him to Draymond, Draymond's a brilliant passer. (laughs) Draymond is the heart and soul. Draymond is close with Steph. Draymond's an incredibly mature player who at times has a temper. Dylan Brooks comes off as immature, doesn't have self-awareness, doesn't sense the room. And when your star is also um, young and sometimes immature, John Morant, I think combined... There was always a sense when Draymond was young and growing. You had the core of Kerr and Steph and low low-key chill clay. And so Draymond, he was the bouncer at the bar. Sometime he got worked up, but it was okay. It worked in the infrastructure. Yeah. Dylan Brooks and John Morant to me both have sort of this like this immaturity in this sort of unpredictability, well, it's a bad the, mix to They're me. a small market team and I think personally, my guess is the
3: franchise doesn't want to tell Ja, hey man, settle down or Dylan Brooke, can you stop poking bears? Like that doesn't work against LeBron. And they're afraid to do that because they're a small market team. They don't want to run off their stars. I think they're ready to get over Brooks. He, he had a disastrous series. Can't shoot the ball. I mean, the Lakers
2: just let him have any shot he wants. And wanted. by the way, in terms of physicality, with Steven Adams, they have plenty of it. They there don't you. need his physicality. Yeah. Like, they, And also, yeah. you can have one guy. You know, like Steph is so great that, that you can live with a loony not giving you points in the paint. Because the Warriors have Wiggins can score and Poole and Steph and Clay, yeah. They need another score and one less tough guy. Yeah. They need another 22-point-a-game dude. Like a 27-year-old professional basketball player, yes. right? Uh, all right, next up, let's go
3: back to the draft. Will Levis, you know, tumbled out of the first round to the second. He was taken with the Titans, who I believe traded up to 33 to grab him. Listen, he wanted to go in the first round, obviously, but he says everything worked out the way it is supposed to
4: regardless of where i got picked i feel like it's not going to change my work ethic regardless if i went you know first overall or 33rd um you can't kind of let the circumstances dictate your preparation and uh the uh the level of intensity you bring to to your everyday uh, practice so i mean um definitely i mean a little bit of a chip but uh it, just know that, you know, I was going to work hard regardless of where I got picked. But, I mean, I ended up where I where I was meant to be. And I'm just looking forward to, you know, competing and getting started.
2: You know what? I actually thought this over the weekend. This was the best thing that ever happened to him. This was what happened to Aaron Rodgers. And he maintained his chip. It happened to Tom Brady. It happened to Russell Wilson. The truth is, Mike Vrabel, to me, is a top six or seven coach. Agreed. Um, it, there's a great defense, a wonky division. Because you're a second rounder. They're not paying him anything. So you can now take some chances in free agency. Once you move off Tannehill's contract, you get three, four years of free Will Levis. In a weird way, I know it hurts. He's a Southern kid. He can stay in the South, in the coolest city in the state. He's kind of a cool Southern kid. Nashville's a cool Southern city know in, in a way this is the perfect place for him he's not going to a seattle or a new york where they're going to pick him apart it's not different weather or different culture it's a southern great southern city with a great football coach and A great defense, so whoever's quarterback doesn't have – and Derrick Henry, you're not asked to throw 50 times and win it. you got a star back and a star defense.
3: Well, the offensive line has some major questions. Well, they did, but they got Skaronsky. Skaronsky, uh, according to one depth chart, they're looking at starting him at guard. They picked up Andre Dillard from Philly, former first-round pick, to be left tackle. But, Colin, this is – the two things I don't like are, first of all – is he going to beat out Malik Willis for the backup job? Yes. we're certain? Yes. Okay. I think they kind of S- bailed on Malik. Second, I would agree. Malik Willis didn't look ready. Here's the second part. Their number one receiver, Traylon Burks. We liked him. He had a good rookie year out of Arkansas. Number two is Chris Moore. Yeah. Number three is Nick Westbrook-Akine. Yeah.
2: yeah.
3: You could argue this is the weakest wide receiver room in the entire AFC. It has to get better. They has, I, See,
2: now, if they moved off Tannehill's contract, They'll free up some room. Yeah, then you go buy a receiver. So this is not a great team. But again, I think the greater point is Aaron Rodgers had a chip on his shoulder. But Aaron, because he went down, ended up going to the Packers. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Okay. Marino went down. He went to Don Shula. Okay, so Will Levis goes down. He gets Mike Vrabel. That is the best scenario. Would he be better off going six or seven, going to Detroit, Dan Campbell? Then you've got a controversy with Jared Goff. And it's like, what do you do with Goff? And Goff's pretty good. And then they give it to Levis, and he's not as good the first year. Like in a weird way, it, it may have hurt. This could be the greatest thing that ever happened to Will Levis. So, give me your division order ranking. Jacksonville obviously one. Tennessee two. Houston a very viable three. Ooh. So I think ja- I think Jacksonville is going to be in the eleven to twelve win territory. I think Tennessee's going to be in the nine-ish territory. Houston's going to be a shocking eight-win eight team. Eight Vegas has a five and a half. And the uh, Colts the are probably a six-win team. Vegas has Houston five and a half. You'd like them No, eight- I, th- I told you. I think Houston's going to be one of the surprise teams in the league. Now, that doesn't mean awful to Super Bowl, but I think you're going to watch Houston this year. I, I really liked everything they did. I've never said this before. I liked everything they've done in the last three months. I think they're going to be viable. C- competent. Well, can we start there? Absolutely. Okay. Competent is a good word. You know, you can win a lot of games in that league when you're competent. Yeah. <laughs> Under five and a half from me, at least now. All right, final story. The New Orleans Breakers handed the defending
3: champs, the Birmingham Stallions, their first loss of the season. Running back Wes Hills was the star USFL record: 191 yards and three touchdowns in the
2: 45-31 win. Saturday games were fun. Breakers are the only undefeated team left. The this quality season. of spring football is way better than people think. Saturday yep. games were really good. Good stuff. A uh, J Mac with the
1: news. Well, that's the news.
0: And thanks for stopping by.
1: The herd line. A uh,
2: Colin Wright. Colin Wrong, top of next hour. I know it is. You know what I'm going to do this year? And I'm just going to do best bets. Like, Houston's a great example. I don't think they're going to be a great team. But five and a half wins, that's one of my favorite bets of the NFL season. As an Over. What's Minnesota, like I've told you before, I think Minnesota is going to come way down. Now, by the way, I thought Jordan Addison was a good get for them. I think they'll be fine. But Minnesota last year won every one-possession game. Now, the the betting markets may have already baked that in, and they've got them pulled back to like eight or nine wins. But I think Houston's going to be, I think Houston, every single move Houston made, like Shaq Mason, elite guard, Dalton Schultz, productive tight end, none of that stuff is flashy. Robert Woods, a a good blocking number two, three receiver. Those guys all start for Houston. They're all competent NFL, productive NFL players. So I think, I've, and I never said this before, the Houston Texans, I felt like, oh, it's a real football team. It's like grown ups running the shop, good draft, good free agent, got the best young coach, many believe. I don't know, kind of like it. I can't wait for the bets. When's the schedule come out? When That's a good come question. I'm, call- I'm calling up the Houston
3: Texans opponents just to see if, are you sure you can find eight wins on this schedule.
2: Colts twice.
3: We know the division, obviously. All right, Let's Tennessee go twice. The All right. At home, they will get the Arizona Cardinals, the, win. Two of the two lowest win totals in the league. The New Orleans Saints. Win. You're not beating Derek Hart.
2: At home? Stop it. Who else?
3: Tampa Bay Bucks. They're, they're not going to be good. Denver Broncos. Go either way game. Oh, stop it. Go either way. They took the Chiefs to overtime are you last year. what I'm talking about. Broncos will be favored by at least a field goal on the road. Uh, Cleveland Browns. Win. Well, stop. God, coward. Okay. Come on. All right. You, you got the beating Deshaun wants it to. Uh Steelers loss. Yeah. That's a definite loss. And then they did the divisional matchups. Um yeah. I, 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 They I, have I, to go on the road to face the Bengals. Loss. Okay. Ravens. Loss. Falcons. Win. That I thought you loved I thought the you loved the Falcons now with the running back draft. I don't know. Uh they gotta that. go. Oh, come on. <laughs> there the Panthers. Bryce and, Young versus C.J. Stroud, that's wait, fun. It's a
2: coin flip game.
3: And then, obviously, the loss at the Jets. Um, I, don't know. I don't know where they're playing. So you start hey, –
2: there's a lot
3: of double I see you excited about Houston. How are you not excited about the
2: Jets? Now, this will probably be the last time I talk about him for a year.
1: <laughs> be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific.
0: With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
1: Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: Parents, ready to discover a new educational and interactive podcast for kids? Join Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids, where episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot. Oh yes, we learned how to recycle at the beach. That was great fun. Cowie, what do you say? It was, and that time when we did the science experiment and Billy made raisins dance. That is so cool, Billy. He did. (laughs) Not to mention when a certain Elliot took up swimming classes with Lisa. That was me. (laughs) Bet you can't catch me. I'm going to catch you. All this fun and more in our Stories for Kids. Lingo Kids Stories for Kids is now available on Storybutton, the kid-friendly device for screenless podcast listening. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Tonight, catch a special night of baseball on FS1 as Brandon Crawford and the Giants battle Alex Bregman and the Astros. The action begins at 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific on FS1.
2: So, uh, Lakers series with the King, Lakers series with the Warriors starts Tuesday. Oh, very, very nice. So, we deserve Steph and LeBron a few more times. We didn't get a lot of uh, Kobe and LeBron, right? We didn't get those series, all-star games. So, this will be fun. Um, a lot of people that I respect, respect, think the Lakers can beat the Warriors in six or seven games. I do not. I think it could be a five-game series for the Warriors, potentially. So the number one reason is the Lakers don't shoot the ball particularly well. They're the third worst three-point shooting team in the playoffs. They have one way to win. Get it down to AD, and he's dropping 38. If AD isn't spectacular, they have no chance to win this series. They don't have a lot of people that do things at a really high level. Uh, LeBron is really, really good when he can give you 33 minutes, fresh minutes. I don't doubt that. But... There are times he looks tired. Even in his good games, he'll give you a half or spurts. AD should have a monster series. That I don't deny. But the second reason I like the Warriors, they have so many players who are great at things. Steph is a great shooter. Clay is a great spot-up shooter. Peyton and Draymond is great defenders. Looney as a great rebounder. Klay uh, Thompson is the best catch-and-shoot guy in the league. They have five or six players. They also have a coaching advantage. Steve Kerr worked Mike Brown in Game 7. Huge coaching advantage. Steve Kerr, we do this every time. We forget about Spolster in Miami and Steve Kerr. They're worth a game in the series. So just give one of the games to Golden State because of coaching. Depth of scores. Los Angeles is a very low-ceiling offense where they're going to have to get consistent production, major production from A.D., who is known to have off nights, uh, get hurt, hit the floor, take a rest. Also, LeBron played 37 minutes against the Grizzlies, but had some really bad halves. He He was very special very rarely in the series, whereas Looney was great and can give you 40 minutes. Draymond can give you 40 minutes. Steph can get you close to 40 minutes, and they're special when they're on the floor. LeBron, at this point, has special moments, but very few special games. Memphis was also a perfect matchup for the Lakers. They had no playoff experience and they were really wildly immature. The Warriors have a ton of playoff experience and are super mature. So the advantages the Lakers had over Memphis, which is poking them in the ribs and getting them worked up and not falling for their chatty nonsense, the Warriors have more playoff experience a reservoir of experience and maturity so they could work the Lakers. Uh, I just don't see a lot of Lakers that do things at a spectacular level outside of Anthony Davis's defense, which is as good as anybody in the league. Here is Draymond on facing the Lakers.
1: I was talking on my podcast the other day uh, after game five, I think it was. Uh, just like... That feeling that you get playing in these type of environments, like, that it, it can't be replicated. It's like, like, it's goosebumps, man. Like, you—you, you, this is what you prepare for, for these moments. And this series against the Lakers is going to be epic. You got Steph, you got Bron doing it all over again. We've never played against the Lakers in a playoff series. We get to experience that. Stop trying to turn the page on us so fast. Stop trying to turn the page on Bron so fast. We get so caught up in what's the next thing that we don't appreciate the, the current.
2: Uh, it, it is really – the Warriors have something going for them. Whereas the Bulls, guys got old fast. I mean, even Michael Jordan, uh, kind of his relentless lifestyle, the cigars, the late nights, the wine. Uh, I mean, Michael, you know, he aged kind of fast. He also played several years of college basketball. Uh, Dennis Rodman, the partying, aged fast. Um, you know, uh, I, I always felt at their best, that was the best basketball team I've ever seen. Certainly an argument to be made. The Phil Jackson twice, three-time winning Bulls, the best basketball team ever. I I, I think that's a very reasonable argument. I think the Shaq-Kobe Lakers were all-time special. But I, I think the thing about the Warriors is that the advantage they have in the all-time greatness list is because of their, their stars are aging very well because they have so many shooters. So Steph is aging well. I mean, Klay Thompson doesn't need to be a great athlete. He's a catch-and-shoot guy. Uh, Andrew Wiggins has always been a cardio monster, impeccable shape. Draymond's game is based on physicality and nuance uh, and intelligence. Those things age well. If you look at the Warriors and, and you said, what are their two greatest things? I would say shooting and intelligence. Those both age really slowly and very well, and so we we keep wanting to bury this team. It's not a perfect team. They don't get a lot of points at all from their center position, but what they, you know that's why they brought at one point like Bogut in. They just don't get a lot of scoring. But Looney now has become the best rebounder in the entire sport. Draymond's the best defender. They may have the best coach. They have the best shooters. They have the best point guard. I think they're better than we think. To go into Sacramento twice their last two games, and literally dominate the second half. Nobody did that on the Kings all season. Uh, it's like, honey, I shrunk the Kings. It's literally they just evaporated at home on their floor. And um, I, 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 to me, it's Michael Jordan's Bulls and Steph's Warriors. There's been a bunch of really good Laker teams, but they didn't defend like the Bulls, and they can't score like the Warriors. I think we're looking... Uh, at the two greatest teams ever, Michaels and Stephs. And again, Magic's Lakers were great. I'm not disputing it. But they went back and forth a lot with the Celtics. They lost a lot. And the Shaq and Kobe team was great for about three years. But you had, I mean, Phil Jackson was a chess master balancing the egos. They also didn't have their role. Players weren't as special, I don't believe, as the Warriors. Uh, I, I, I don't think the Lakers are going to be well-served here. I just don't think, outside of Anthony Davis, they don't consistently get elevated great play out of players consistently. Rui can have, D'Angelo Russell can have uh, a good shooting night, but they'd follow it with back-to-back bad shooting nights. Malik Beasley's vanished. Austin Reeves is an undrafted player. I think he'll shrink in this series. I think the further you go in the playoffs, the more... um, you see Austin Reeves as a fairly low ceiling limited player, but a nice number four or five starter. But I think when you get to the playoffs, it's amazing how everybody looks great. De'Aaron Fox, you got a little hand issue, all of a sudden kind of shrinks. You know, Malik Monk in game one, he's an all-star and he had some nice games. But the longer you go in the playoffs, it, it becomes about Jimmy Butler Jason Tatum, Steph Curry, the stars in every round rise. And I think the Lakers have a lot of B guys who are going to shrink in big spots in this series.
3: Oof, I don't know if I could sit here and take this Austin Reeves slander. Goodness gracious. Who's going to guard Curry? It's got to be Austin Reeves, didn't,
2: no? Didn't Austin Reeves really, in the last 15 games, really evolve? Go look at who the Lakers played. They were fighting for a playoff spot, and they were facing Utah's and Chicago's. And the dreck of the league. But there's still high-pressure moments. He's got to deliver because there's bad, nobody else. Against bad okay.
5: teams. So
3: let's let's play this out matchup-wise. Who follows around Steph Curry running through 75 screens, nobody. chasing the guy all game. Austin it Reeves. ain't D'Angelo Russell. That's for sure.
2: Austin Reeves. He's got to be the guy. Good luck. Austin Reeves undrafted against uh, the then, greatest. What do you want, Dennis Schroeder? No, he makes too many mistakes. Okay, so wh- where are we going? Uh, that's why I think it's the Warriors in five. I, that, Five? I can put Gary Payton. I can put Gary Payton on Austin Reeves or on. I I got so many little chess pieces with the Warriors. I can make Gary Payton can be a nightmare. I can throw Draymond at LeBron. I can throw Andrew Wiggins on LeBron, and I can just keep LeBron having Fair. to face an elite but defender. You mentioned Anthony Davis. He'll have a huge series. So, okay. Well, wait a sec. We
3: just saw Looney played Sabonis to a standstill. Sabonis was like an well, all NBA player. Anthony, Looney out rebounded him and I think had two fewer assists. Yeah, but,
2: but Anthony Davis is a really skilled offensive player. I mean you basically leave Sabonis unguarded outside of eight feet. And Anthony Davis is he's a top six or seven player So Do when you healthy.
3: put Looney on him or do you put
2: Draymond on him? I think you put Looney on him and you let him score thirty. And you just keep throwing bodies at LeBron. You, what you do is you make LeBron really work on the defensive end of the floor. You got LeBron chasing everybody well, on that's the defensive the thing. If end. If they go with Draymond at center, here's then that's a major. Like, who's LeBron defending? My prediction. Keep your eye on Andrew Wiggins in this series. Wiggins series, huh? Wiggins moving around. It's going to be very interesting.
1: Andrew Wiggins, big series. Calling right wrong next.